Season 3, Episode 6, Chapter 41, Manhunter. Betty follows some strange leads in hopes of finding out who the true Gargoyle King is. Veronica's attempts to prove Archie's innocence leaves her in hot water. Very stylistic episode. Not as great as the last two, but still really good. I liked it. No, I did like it. It's not as awesome. Like, the last two were really awesome. This one was really good, and it kept going with the momentum they had. We've only got two more episodes after this until we get to the midseason. All right, time to recap the recap. Archie got framed. The Shadow Lake gang is hiding in the mines. Archie got shivved. Veronica set a distraction. Joaquin's in a new gang. Archie's the Red Paladin. The kids made a pact. The warden serves the Gargoyle King, and Jughead met the GK in the woods. I told y'all to watch the uh, next time on. Okay, Miss TV Genius has returned, ladies and gentlemen. I was really proud of me. And I would like to thank me for how awesome I am. Betty is staring at Archie's scar. In a friendly way, not in a sexy way. No, just more of like, man, what'd you do? How are we going to get out of this mess? And then Jughead comes all crazed talking about how he saw the Gargoyle King and he followed him to a clearing and he saw a bunch of them, a bunch of dudes in the masks. And I thought it was the guards. And we find out later that Joaquin was one of those dudes, but that still makes sense. There are ten disciples. How many parents were there in the Midnight Club? I haven't counted them all. Ten. There were ten. Just throwing that out there. Good job. Betty's like, come on, let's go after him. And Jughead's like, "Uh, no, we shouldn't push our luck. Even though Jughead's absolutely insane on griffins and gargoyles. Yeah. And then while they're arguing about this, Archie groans. It was Joaquin. Joaquin told Kevin about a new gang and then ran into the woods. And so there's just more there's more back and forth about like, okay, this is definitely more connected than we thought it was. Thank you. Exposition. Fabulous. We go over to the Cooper house and Betty has come home. She's been a she's been gone all night and Alice Cooper is just like, "Where have you been, young lady? There's a manhunt for Archie Andrews underway." I like it when Alice is mom again. Like reasonable and you know, then she goes on and the warden from that juvie killed himself last night and like, "Oh, and he's got blue lips." So Betty just instantly goes, "Did you know Warden Norton?" to which Alice is like, "No, you sure?" "Yes, I'm sure, Elizabeth. I told you everything I know." Liar, liar. Pants on fucking fire. We go over to some more bunker sex this time it's between Archie and Veronica. I missed this. I missed you, Archie Barf. Barf barf. <laughs> barf barf barf. This, okay, the thing I hated about this scene was the way it was filmed, because we get so close to them, and I understand we're in a bunker, and so, like, there are weird angles, but it's just weird. I don't like it at all. You don't like the cinematography in this episode very much. It's really weird. It stays at, um, like, counter height. I liked it. For a long time, and there's one scene, the one in the kitchen with Alice and Betty, that it makes the most sense, because they're doing a direct homage but this is just weird and it felt cramped and kind of clunky so i don't like it but archie and veronica are chatting and archie's just like i gotta go find those guys in the mines because they framed me veronica's like no you're not allowed to do that so don't do it by the way thank you i called that that he was gonna go clear his name i'm gonna thank me for being me and watching so much riverdale that I kind of sort of had one good idea for once. You took a stab. 
We head over to a school classroom where Sheriff Mineta has decided he's going to intimidate a classroom full of children. I mean, teenagers, but potato, potato. He's just trying to get them all to give him information. You know, I just want you all to know, hiding a convict or withholding information is a felony offense. And I love Reggie. I was busy all day, Sheriff. You can check my browser history if you know what I mean. Cheryl and he's just... sharpening a pencil. And it's just like, this is the best masturbation joke ever. And Cheryl just eye rolls so big and then we get evelyn instantly defending herself i don't even know this archie Persing. and on mondays i host a group for teen farmies we're still accepting members and farmies then, farmies is great and then sheriff Mena starts like going up to josie because she looks a little nervous he's asking her question and she's she's clearly lying but she's also not answering him very well and then oh oh she has a seizure everyone's freaking out and staring at staring at her and Betty looks over at Evelyn, who is staring directly at Josie while this is happening, and her eyes are moving in the same motion that Josie is moving. I missed that. Mm-hmm. And then Evelyn looks at Betty. So it's all over. We cut over to the blue and gold, and Jughead and Betty are scouring through stuff, and we figure out that Ward Norton was in the school at the same time as the parent, he was the ROTC instructor. So clearly, they knew who he was, and our parents are a bunch of fucking liars. So Betty decides, I gotta force our parents to start talking. Meanwhile, and- Jug is headed to the woods to search and rescue Joaquin. Yeah. That gonna- was air quotes he's for everybody there. Rally the serpents. Hmm. Jughead gets a call, and we head over to Tent City, which is the Sunnyside Trailer Park, and. Uh, we hear from Fangs and Sweet Pea that Sheriff Moneta is trashing Tent City looking for Jug. And Jughead, you know, he he comes upon Tent City at this point and is like, okay, I propose a manhunt. I want every serpent on the ground searching for Joaquin. And the guys are like, okay, so what do we do when we get him? Jughead explains, okay, we need to get answers from him because according to Archie, Joaquin shivved him for Warden Norton, and then he called Archie the Red Paladin, so he's playing G&G, but we don't know for who, so we gotta figure that out. I just, how do y'all kids not understand that this is a cult? It's a cult. This is how all of these dark, twisted things work. Well, Betty knows that the farm is a cult. She gets that, but does she get that there is a cult of the Gargoyle King? Well, she has posited that Edgar is the, is the Gargoyle King. She has said that a couple times. So she sees that there could be a connection between the two. They don't have proof that they are, in fact, connected. No, it's really just more the thing of, it's so implausible to me that Jughead has seen this in the woods, what is clearly some sort of dark ritual, Mm -hmm. and they keep talking about it like, well, it's, it's a new gang, it's the Gargoyle Gang. It's like, you fucking idiots. It's a dark, twisted cult. It doesn't necessarily have to be the farm, but it is a cult. I just wish they would just say it so we could be done with that and it's move on. It's come up later. Fine. Jeez. We go back to the bunker and Kevin's with Archie. He, he's brought him food. Archie's just not interested in eating. Kevin's like, all right, let me see your bandage. Okay, that is definitely infected. It's gross. Okay, uh, you know, if you have somebody hiding that's been injured, they're getting an infection. That's just That's just the way it works. Uh, Kevin says, no worries, Arch. Betty's got connections. She'll know what to do. So we cut between the phone call between Kevin and Betty. And Betty is on her way into the speakeasy. And she just says, it's okay. You can trust him. He's a doctor. Bring small bills. 
And she walks into the speakeasy with the room full of all the parents, to which Alice is like, Elizabeth, don't tell me this is your doing. I sent the invitations from the Gargoyle King. Cue murder on the Orient Express. Basically. <laughs> Riverdale. So we come back, and now all the parents are talking back and forth of each other, yelling at Alice, we promised we never would talk about it. So, okay, so what did you tell her? I told her so she could protect herself so she wouldn't play the game. And I'm not! It just goes a lot of back and forth. Uh, Mr. Mantle, hey, we've seen Reggie's dad now. Betty gives him a dig. He's just like, you know, Kevin and Cheryl and your son, Reggie. Mr. Mantle is playing the game no matter how many black eyes you give him. I would never hit my son. Another lie. (laughs) And And finally, Fred becomes the voice of reason. Yeah, of course. He comes in and he's just like, okay, guys, you know, it was bound to get out. Our children need to know the truth. And FP's standing there and he's, he's grabbing the bridge of his nose and I just, when we get to the scene later with FP, they're pointing us to him. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just, a, I really feel like it's red herring. They're not saying he's the Gargoyle King. They're saying he knows something more about he's this He's hiding story. stuff for sure. Probably because he's freaked the fuck out and still mm-hmm. scarred from what he saw back in the day. So they're all yelling at each other. And FP is like, how are we supposed to answer any of these questions? We were all high off our gourds hallucinating gargoyles. To which Alice is like, wait, you saw him too. I don't believe FP was actually high. So I think FP did see the gargoyle king. He didn't actually take any of the drugs like everybody else. And what makes you say that? Why don't you think he was high? At that point, he was still trying to avoid joining the serpents. He didn't want to do it. So he was still trying to be like, not on the straight and narrow, but not trying to be that bad of a dude. So I feel like that's the thing. Like he could still have his bad boy image by pretending to be high, but not be. Hiram and Hermione start arguing about like, you know, we need to stop wasting our time. And I like that when they're going back and forth, the framing of Veronica's portrait is right between them. And then Penelope says that it was Daryl Doily who poisoned the chalices and he was in love with me and then he he came to me again when we were married with families and i refused him and then he killed himself in a moment of comfort Mm. gross and then betty goes dilton doily's dead dad did it (laughs) to which i instantly in my brain just goes nope the other fun thing that I saw throughout the that whole sequence on the second watch is how every parent is just looking around like that. That's not what. Okay, that's nobody not say how anything. We nobody understand. say anything. Yeah, like, just just no. We don't need to give anything. They're all like, "Is she buying it? Do you think this is gonna work?" And you know, Betty's just like, oh, "Yeah, whatever." That doesn't explain who the Gargoyle King is today. Jughead and I saw him. To which FP starts freaking out. What do you mean you saw him? In Fox Forest. We've been trying to track him down ever since. And FP is just like, this boy will be the death of me. And he runs out and all the other parents go. And Alice is the last one. She goes, you satisfied, Elizabeth? No, Mom. Not even close. You fucking liars. They're the worst. I thought Archie was the worst liar. Turns out, it's all the parents. All the parents are liar, liar. Pants on fires. I love it. Jughead's at home. He gets a phone call. They found him. They found him at the last resort youth hostel. That was just lazy. Yeah, and the Centerville Serpents, which I thought was interesting. So there are chapters. That makes sense, but okay. More Sons of Anarchy. Totally. FP shows up and is just like, going somewhere, boy. 
yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet the serpents. Like hell you are, and he handcuffs him to the fridge. Uh. <laughs> and she's like, "What are you doing?" Is like, "You're out of your mind." And Jughead's like, "No, I just have to ascend and put an end to all this." Is like, "Yeah, you're not addicted. You don't sound like an addict at all." Time to sober up, and he leaves. We go over to the morgue, and we see Doctor Curdle, and you know he's just like, "All right, I got, I got some antibiotics. If you have something for me." And they're like, "All right, let's get you back to the bunker." And Archie says, nope, going to Shadow Lake. I'm going to go find the guys responsible for putting me away. Kevin says, how far do you think you're going to get on foot and alone? Will you help? Veronica's going to kill me. (laughs) You are correct, Kevin Keller. (laughs) But I'm excited. It's an Archie and Kevin adventure. Veronica's at home. She's going through all the case files and she's watching the interrogation video of one of the dudes. And we're watching it, and the second they put the timestamp on it, I was like, there's a section of this missing, because it's a very common trope in all crime police video thingies. So I didn't see the timestamp, but mm-hmm. I watched that cup of coffee. Oh, okay. And that's what clued me in, because well, in a split second, it goes from full to empty. Well, I watched the time, because it goes from, like, 1.29 to 1.40. Yep. I'm like, yeah, there's 10 minutes missing. Veronica gets all excited, and then Hiram comes in and is like, are those Archie's case files? And Veronica's like, yep, but he's not going to be behind bars ever again, Daddy. That's a promise. So Hiram leaves, and then he makes a phone call and says there's too many variables up at Shadow Lake. Take care of them. All of them. He's freaked out. This season, Hiram is a cartoon villain, and it's amazing. It is so fun. Yeah, he's eased into that character a little bit more. And he's having more fun with it than he had in the He's past. having fun, and I think they're riding him better. I mean, literally, just give him a mustache and let him twirl it. That's who he is. Well, for so long, they, they had this backstory and tug of war between him and Veronica. And now that that tie has been cut, he can be more just pure villain. Mm-hmm. That might come around again later if that relationship gets reestablished. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. We go back to the trailer, and Jughead is sitting on the floor eating from the fridge. Love it. <laughs> Stress eat. Yeah, it's no, it's great. And Betty comes in and he's like, you don't happen to have one of those trusty bobby pins, do you? Always. And she pulls Absolutely. one out and gives it to him. He gets unlocked. I love her reaction when she walks in. It's like, what the hell? It's just <laughs> She's not mad, just exasperated. It's really like, this is so par for the course. I'm not even surprised. <laughs> also, Jughead's eating. So, yay, comic book Jughead. Are you hungry? How'd that sit-down go, Miss Marple? It's <laughs> a nice little reference. This is normal Jug. Like, all of a sudden, normal Jug is back. Like, no, they did, they changed how they wrote Jughead, and Cole Sprouse is doing an amazing job. It's a perfect, perfect setup. I love it. It's great. Betty tells Jughead what she learned at their meeting. She says, you know, I don't buy it, so I call Dr. Curdle Jr., Asking to pull Doily's autopsy report for us. Jack is like, can you handle this on your own? Because Sweet Pea and Fangs found Joaquin. And I just know we're getting close to something, Betty. And Betty's just like, all right, be careful, Jug. Kevin and Archie walk outside the hospital. Kevin's phone rings. He's like, hey, Veronica, what's up? He hands the phone to, to Archie. Archie's and like, what? 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 And so Archie instantly goes, don't blame Kevin. It's all me. I'm going to go figure it out. Veronica tells him, I figured out that there's missing part portion of the video. I just got to go figure out where it is. 
And Archie's like, well, wouldn't your dad destroy it? And Veronica says, no, my dad would never get rid of dirt. But this is radioactive, so he would not keep it in his study. You know, Archie's just like, all right, you know, we're going. We're going to go do this. Veronica's like, all right, well, you tell Kevin. If he doesn't get you back in one piece, I will eviscerate him. (laughs) So, so like, Archie hasn't wrapped up the phone call quite yet. And Kevin's just like, what's going on with his arms raised? And I love it. We, we good? Kevin, you okay? Kevin is the most expressive person on the show. And it's so great because he's always reacting to something and I adore it. And then Archie hangs up the phone and just tosses it back to Kevin without explaining anything. So we cut to them creeping through the woods and like, what's the plan? What if these guys are armed and you're a sneeze away from tearing those stitches, Archie? And then we we hear a radio sound and we see Minetta going through the woods. And so the guys are hiding. Big shock. Veronica's in her mom's office, the mayor's office, and you know she's in the computer and she's like, she gets through the firewall and she's all like, it's always my birthday. And she finds, <laughs> she finds the video and we see it play out. $10,000 a piece. All you have to do is say Archie Andrews killed, killed Cassidy. The one thing we should mention, mm-hmm. the video is in a very specific folder. Yes, it's in a folder on Hermione's desktop that has a rune on it, which looks exactly like the symbol that's been branded on Archie. So interesting. Mm-hmm. It's another lovely little piece. I think that means Sheriff Manetta is a sacrifice because they're sacrificing him going to jail. Oh, I agree. Oh, Manetta's going to be dead next episode. Oh. You know he is. He'll, he'll have an air quotes accident. Oh, no, 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 no. Blue lips. I don't think it has to be blue lips, because Archie didn't have to have blue lips to be a sacrifice. Uh, but I think it will be based on something else we find out later. Veronica's very proud of herself. She yells at the internet to move faster. She emails it to Monica Posh. Because there is banging on the door. Some police officers come in. She goes, um, I'm the mayor's daughter. I have every right to be here. And whomever we assume is the mayor's secretary is like a uh, false her mother and fa- father specifically told me to call the sheriff's department if she ever broke in again and they handcuff her and she's just like this is not necessary <laughs> and they take her away she's very veronica and i love it so now we go over to the woods where we've captured joaquin and we're gonna interrogate him and jughead is so i don't want to say calm but composed He's composed. He is very okay with what he's doing. And he never at any point seems like he's really going to hurt Joaquin. He does put a knife up to him. He's willing to hurt him if he has to, but he doesn't want to. Let's not forget, he skinned Penny Peabody. Right. And in that moment, he he knew he had to do something. Yeah. But in this moment, he's like... I'm not going to hurt you if you will just tell me the truth. They're like, okay, what does the symbol mean? Why didn't you protect Archie like you were supposed to? And Joaquin is just like, look, you don't know what it's like in there. You'll do whatever you have to to survive. For me, it was being Warden's pawn, a chess piece. But in some ways, he was a pawn too. Like, what does that mean? I saw him with these game cards that told him what to do. Whoever sent them to him wanted Archie dead. From the moment he was locked up, he was already marked. And so they keep going after him being like, what does this symbol mean? And Joaquin's like, no, no. So finally Jughead just like 
get him up. And, like, he gets the knife to him, and they're like, it means sacrifice. It means that Archie has to die. He's like, I know he was your pal. And Jughead's like, Archie's alive. And Joaquin is freaked out by this and says, then it won't be much longer. They start asking him more questions. Who's giving Warden Norton his answers? Joaquin is like, I saw them meet once, but you know him, Jones, the man in the black suit. Okay, there's a lot of fucking dudes in black suits. Mm -hmm. The obvious assumption is Hiram Lodge. Which is the exact bait that Jughead takes. This is an amazing scene. It is one of my favorites. Because Hiram, again here, Hiram is playing cartoon villain. And Jughead is playing teen detective with nothing to lose. And then it turns right around in his face, and it's awesome. So Jughead is has arrived into Hiram's study. An ancient evil, long forgotten, has awoken. The embodiment of pure malice and cruelty. So it's finally happened. You've lost your mind. It's so <laughs> funny. Because there's a split second there where you would think he, would, he was going to confess. Uh-huh. But no, he's like, you've lost your mind. <laughs> And he is so incredulous about it. I love it. It is just, this is what I was, I knew was possible when they cast him. I just was so excited to see it. This is also a perfect way to squash any idea that Hiram might be this big bad. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense, because he can't be the Gargoyle King. He's going to stick throughout the rest of this series. The Gargoyle King is a current arc issue. Yes. So this is just an easy way for them to finally go, yeah, no. <laughs> well, it's no, it's just an easy like, okay, you have a list of this many suspects. We're going to cross this one off your list, Uh huh. which but, I like. It's great. It's perfect. But the funny, the perfect thing about it is that Jughead is so fucking convinced mm-hmm. until he gets slapped in the face by him. I'm not the Gargoyle King because you know what? That's not a real thing. <laughs> Nor am I the murderer that you or Betty Cooper are looking for. But if homicidal parents are what you're after, may I suggest Clifford Blossom, Hal Cooper, Tom Keller. These are all fair suggestions. Even your own dad. Yeah, perhaps your own father. They'd all make solid suspects. Hmm. And then he gets a phone call and he tells Jughead, you'll see yourself out, won't you? This is Lodge. She did what? And then he's out the door and Jughead's just like, uh, uh, fuck, damn it. I need a burger. That that was a perfect scene. That was one of the best scenes they've done on this show. If every scene could be written on that level, it would be so good. Again, they picked a roadmap to follow in the True Detective first season, and it's playing out really well for them. We head on over to the jail with Veronica, and Hiram is there to interrogate his daughter, just been like, uh, what were you hoping to find in your mother's office? And Veronica's just like, does mom even know what you have hiding on her desktop? Your mother doesn't have a computer anymore. Mm. I requested to speak to a lawyer. So get your lap dog, Sheriff Mineta, to bring me a phone. Mm, he's otherwise engaged, but let me see what I can do. <laughs> so we cut to Fred. He is crazed. He is on the phone, but his house is in shambles. Like, all the cabinets are open. There's stuff everywhere. I think he's looking for some pills. I think he's looking for a G&G manual that he had hidden away. I think this is Griffin and, Griffins and Gargoyles related. Two things can be true. Fred is like, 
yeah, Veronica, have you heard from Archie? And Veronica's like, okay, he asked me not to tell you, but he's headed for the mines with Kevin to look for the guys who testified against him. And my intuition tells me Sheriff Mineta might be doing the same. Tell Archie I found what I'm looking for. Because Fred's like, oh, I'm going. And then she's like, oh, um, could you call Attorney McCoy for me too? <laughs> and like, and we see Fred frustratedly hangs up the phone, waits a second, and then picks it up to start making the phone call. He's just like, I need to go see. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> Fred's a good dude. Uh-huh. He's a good dude, but he's also a grown-ass man who has annoying child, who has an annoying, troublesome child, and all his friends. So now we're finally back over to Betty. Okay, we're in the morgue, and she's talking to Dr. Curdle, and here's the thing. Daryl Doyley was found in his car with the windows up, and it was running, but there was no carbon monoxide in his lungs. So he was dead beforehand, and so they're like, how did he die? Oleander, if ingested, is one of the most poisonous plants known to mankind. Betty's like, okay, so can this be proven with this report? And Cardinal's like, no, this is this is from my father's personal collection, which is weird. Uh, it's not shocking. Not shocking because this is Riverdale, and it's Doctor Fucking Curdle. Yeah, Junior, Junior. No, no, no. Doctor Curdle Senior's yeah, personal files make a lot of sense. But anyway, so Betty's like, okay, so who is the sheriff who closed the case? Hmm. Cut to. Pops and Sheriff Keller. Thank you for meeting me, Mr. Keller. Sure. So, so she she just asks him, okay, enough's enough. Like, why did you close the case? Why are you, What what's the cover-up? Who are you trying to protect? And Tom Keller's like, all of us, your mother included. Someone murdered Daryl Doyle, and whoever was pulling the strings back then may be the one killing people today. The truth is, it could have been any member of the Midnight Club, but only one of us grows oleander in their greenhouse. And I know this because I saw it when I was investigating Jason Blossom's murder. And Betty's like, ooh. So she starts getting her pen out. And she's ready to start asking more interesting questions. And Mr. Keller gets a phone call and he's like, what? Son of a gun. All right. All right. And he's like, I gotta go. Because Hot Dads of Riverdale has been activated. And he leaves. So and then yeah. Betty's just left there being like, I... <sighs> like, why can't anyone tell me a complete truthful story in one sitting? So now we're in the mines, and Archie and Kevin are freaked out. Oh, hey, look, runes and gargoyle kings all over the walls. Gee golly. <laughs> oh, look, a bunch of guys are dead. Oh, wait, but one's groaning. We gotta help him. We gotta get him to the hospital because I can't have any more blood on my hands. Now grab his legs. Okay. Oh, Archie. Big, dumb Archie. We're back at Sunnyside to the Serpent Arena area, I guess. Tent City tent city and jughead gets there and takes off his motorcycle helmet he's got really hot hair they cut his hair better now and it's really attractive with that swoop looks really good on him i'm into it and they're like someone's sending us a message and they go over to jughead's crown which has been covered in a tarp and they pull it and joaquin is dead with blue lips and jughead just kind of walks away and he is his face remains pretty steadfast, but you can see that he is reeling a bit from this. Because this, this one hurt. This hurt. And both Fangs and Sweepy are like, who do you think did it? The Gargoyle Gang or Hiram Lodge? And, and Jug is like, it could be anybody. And that, but that symbol on his head is sacrifice. And Jug is just like, I have to get to Archie. He takes off. So this is where I, th- I also think that things might turn for Jughead. Where everything sobers up and he's like, okay, fuck the game, fuck this shit, 
I gotta go help my best friend because this is bad. Yes. I would also like to point out Jughead is not wearing his crown, which I have always said is a sign that he is vulnerable. It doesn't always mean that with Betty because she's a safe person, but here he is not wearing his crown with his with his serpents. Now we, we go back to the mine, only this time it's Fred and Tom. They go in, they're like, oh no, we're too late. For all we know, Archie and Kevin never made it here, Fred. And Tom gets on the phone. He's like, um, I'd like to report a multiple 187, two young men, Shadow Lake Mine, gunshots. When we get a moment and he hangs up the phone, he's like, the police were just called to Shadow Lake Hospital. A boy was brought in, critical condition with gunshot wounds. And Fred's just like, is it Kevin or Archie? Tom is just like, they can't tell me, no ID, but let's go. So he cut directly to the hospital. Kevin is walking up to Archie, who's kind of like in a corner hiding. They're like, I just talked to the nurse. He didn't make it. He lost too much blood. Archie's all sad. Everywhere I go, everything I do just leads to more death, more pain. And Kevin here is just like, Archie, those guys weren't innocent, okay? They were criminals, which is fair. But Archie also says it, but they didn't deserve to die. And Hiram Lodge has done everything in his power to destroy me, and he won't stop until I'm dead. I don't think I can go back to Riverdale. Which is sad, and Kevin makes, you know, droopy, pouty face. We go up to the jail. Attorney McCoy has shown up to get Veronica out. And Veronica's like, so if I can prove coercion and tampering of evidence, couldn't we get the wrongfully accused out of jail? And they both make, like, I'm a clever girl smiles. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) And now we have a super creepy scene. Betty meets with Auntie Blossom. Call me Auntie Blossom. Yeah. And Betty's just like, Auntie Blossom. (laughs) She asks him about the oleander. Penelope just says, if I wanted to poison him, I wouldn't have used oleander because it leaves traces. Which is very frank. I I believe Penelope. I I don't believe that Penelope poisoned him. But she does say she should go talk to her mother. Because she's the one who wrote the article reporting Daryl's suicide. It's like, big fucking deal. Mama was a liar. Whoop fucking deal. Everybody was lying. Everybody's a liar in Riverdale. Gasp. (laughs) Okay, so now we go over to the Cooper house. And this is where the different film style works great. Because we're doing a bunch of different homages. Alice is popping popcorn. We're all getting distracted and going back and forth. Betty's getting up in her grill about it. Alice is like, no. But then, and there's a storm going. There's a storm brewing. The power goes out and there's this banging on the front door. And so they they go towards the door. And as they're going towards the door, we see a shadow of a person in that front window, but it's going in the opposite direction of the door. It's clearly a person. And so then all of a sudden the door pushes in and Alice is pushing it back. So we see a hand and then it goes back. And then when they turn around, it's the Gargoyle King. Ah! So they go upstairs, they go into Betty's room and they go, oh my God, they were here. And we see a tombstone and clothing laid out on the bed. And instead of Daryl Doily, they've got it crossed out and it says Betty and Alice. And then they hear a bunch of loud clattering and we see a ladder pop up to the window and we see someone come through and I'm, and my first thought was it's Jughead, it's Jughead. Nope. Nope. And who comes through the window but Mr. Billy Loomis. Uh-huh. One F.P. Jones and he comes in he's like, I was looking for Jughead, which is fucking bullshit. He goes, but someone slammed the door in my face. Alice is yelling, F.P., the Gargoyle King's in the house, he's in the house. He hugs Alice 
And then he turns his face and gives Betty the exact same fucking look he did in Scream. Uh-huh. And I fucking loved it. <laughs> I'm so fucking into this. Now, again, everybody started freaking out because they made that connection. And it was like, hold your horses. All it means is that FP knows way more than he's telling. Yeah. He's a liar, liar, pants on fire. Yes, he is. But there's no way. Because again, FP's going to last longer than this arc. He's too hot to murder. Yeah. Oh, gosh. He got so much hotter with age. Oh. Yeah. Well, they once they got rid of that fucking hair. Fucking hair is horrible, but he's so hot. I remember when he popped up uh, in season one and I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy. Meanwhile, the other hot dads show up at the hospital. They showed up at the hospital. They figured out, okay, it's not Archie. They meet up with Kevin, and Kevin's like, okay, he left, but he left you a note, and Fred is sad. But He just goes completely pale as he reads this thing. Then we go over to Pembroke, and Hiram and Hermione are talking, and Veronica walks in, and Hiram's all like, someone lets you out of your cage, I see. And Hermione's like, what do you, what do you mean? And... Veronica's just like, uh, your husband left me in a jail cell for putting my nose where it didn't belong, but it was so worth it. And they go back and forth and like, we're talking about Archie. I found the deleted tape of Sheriff Mineta and he's going down. And if you two evildoers go down with him, so be it. And Hiram just kind of goes, like, whatever. Sort of. But then as we keep lingering on him, you see his smile just kind of go down and be like shit 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 it's, it's kind of more like well i knew this was gonna happen i just i uh, wasn't ready for it to happen now and my own daughter fuck damn it damn it i didn't outsmart her this time we go over to the cooper house and you know alice has to have a serious talk with betty we're no longer safe betty and that attack was only the beginning and it's become clear to me that you're not going to drop this investigation no matter the consequences and this house is no longer safe, which is why I'm going to the farm with Polly and the twins. But it's like, well, have fun. I'm not going with you. No, you're not. And then a lot of things start happening very quickly. And Betty is being taken to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because they will keep her safe. Uh-huh. And Betty is screaming. And then Betty's phone starts ringing and it's Jughead. And Alice just very defiantly just goes, deny on the phone. It's not really defiantly. She is torn up about this. She does not want to have to send her away. But you can see all over her face that she is convinced this is the only thing she can do to keep her daughter safe. Mm -hmm. And her hand shakes. She hesitates before she hits that button. She does. I I didn't see that as hesitation. Mm, I did. We go to the speakeasy where... Veronica is, of course, setting up a happy homecoming Archie party, and she gets a phone call, and it's Archie, and she's like, all right, you know, I, I'm, you're getting exonerated, it's gonna be great, we did it, just tell me where to pick you up, and Archie's like, nope, we're done, I gotta go, and she's like, no, don't you make me say goodbye to you, Archie, and, you know, he's just like, I'm not alone, when I first met you, you were it for me, everything I could have ever wanted, I saw our whole future, to which... Veronica says, because we're endgame, Archie. And I say, no, Betty and Archie are endgame. Season one, episode one, Kevin Keller. Uh-huh. The writing of this is very cheesy. True. But Camilla and KJ... They played it very well. ...did an amazing job with the scene. I only found Archie's hair obnoxious. Because I know it's dirty, but no one's hair is that dirty that it sticks up that way. <laughs> I said that at the beginning of the episode. Fucking really? Damn, man. Yeah. Archie says goodbye. And he hangs up. 
he just hangs up on her. And he's just kind of like standing there for a minute. And up comes Jughead. Mm-hmm. He hands him a bag. And it's like, some money, change clothes, granola bars, juice boxes. And Archie's like, thanks for coming. Jughead's like, are you sure you want to do this, man? It's my only option. I don't disagree. And they start walking a little bit. Joaquin is dead. That symbol that you got branded on your hip, he had on his forehead. It means sacrifice. What? Who the hell is doing this, Jug? I don't know. But I have a feeling Hiram Lodge is a part of it. He always is. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not letting you out of my sight. You ever hop a train before? No. You'll figure it out. I love an Archie Jughead. Like... Road comedy. It's the walking Archie. It is the walking Archie. Paladin, paladin. That was a nice little drop. I liked that. (laughs) Cheesy, but effective. And so then we head on over to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and we see Betty in that same creepy costume that we've seen uh, several of our other friends. And she's being escorted to a room of painting and and the nurse that we've seen before, I don't remember her name is, but she says, I know you've looked down on our practices in the past, Miss Cooper, but I want to assure you that you're that we're going to make you well. You're safe with the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Nothing can hurt you. And as Betty sits down at her spot to paint, she looks at her fellow inmates, if you will, and they're all making pictures of the Gargoyle King. And we just see her face go, holy fuck. Riverdale. It was, a, it, was, it was a great end spot for this episode. Well, the fact that they didn't... So many people will just do the cut shot, cut shot, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. They did the swing, swing. They moved the camera yeah. with that old school horror movie Love style. It. it was great. That just fucks your head up right away. Yeah, like... The first half of the episode, the the style really annoyed me. I didn't like it. But the other half was great. Well, and I think that's just a factor of that style has to build the tension before you really buy into it. It's also not a horror show, so it doesn't exactly work. What the fuck is going to happen to Betty? Well, she's going to investigate from the inside. Is she? Or is she just going to struggle to keep her sanity? I think she's going to struggle a little bit because, I mean, she's all alone. But what I love is I just keep remembering what Lily Reinhardt said when she was asked, okay, describe your character in this first half. And she said, you're on your own. She's like, that's what I kept telling myself in every scene. And that is 100% being played out, Mm -hmm. which I love. And I also love the idea that what's what's the main problem in, in the first half? It's an epidemic. And that's also very true. So I love it. It's it's great. All right. So it's time for us to take our quick little break and then and watch the next time on. So if you don't want to hear us talk about that and maybe potential spoiler, spoilery stuff, you can head on out. But we'd like to ask you to take a moment to review and rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. And also remind you that we do have a Patreon where you can get our instant reactions on Fridays after new episodes called our doghouse drive-thru and we'd also like to let you know that if you noticed last week we dropped our first episode of the chilling adventures of the doghouse which is our chilling adventures of sabrina coverage and you can get the additional episodes as they are released when you become a member of our patreon at the two dollar a month and up do it do it it's super fun all right let's go watch this thing okay So we see Riley Keough. It's, it's K. It's his Riley K. 
You know who I'm talking about. So we see her. She owns a farm. She's going to do some farm work in the buff. Yeah, with her. And then he's also going to throw some hair she's gonna get. The he's going to get a shave. He's going to do some farm work, some if farm you work. know what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what they say about the farmer's daughter? No. So anyway. Betty's going to get restrained at some point. Ethel is in the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of chapel. There's some sort of fucked up Rorschach test. Yeah, they're going to fucking try and drug and completely insanify Betty. Insanify? Is that a word? No. So the na- the title of next week is called The Man in Black. Uh-huh. So... We're gonna meet somebody. I really hope we meet Edgar. I don't know if he is the man in black, but I feel like we're gonna meet Edgar. We might, or we might meet the Gargoyle King. Who might be Edgar? It could be anybody at this point. I don't know. I'm still not firm. I mean, what I am firmly convinced of is it's nobody in the Midnight Club. I really don't think anybody in the Midnight Club is part of that. Unless is facilitating the Gargoyle King. Well, I think they very easily could. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but there was a moment where I was like, could the parents still be the 10 in the woods? No. No. Because we know Joaquin is one of them. And that well, doesn't make is sense. he? He was. He had one of those masks. That, shut up. He, it could have been planted on him. Like, I... I, I'm no, not saying Joaquin would have said so if he was trying to deny it. But there Joaquin's are, not that smart. But there's a group of ten, just like the Midnight Club. No, I get that. And so that's that's going to be interesting to figure out who that actually is. Hmm. Right. So Archie's going to hook up with the farm chick. Jughead's going to be judgmental. Veronica is. Oh yeah, Veronica's playing for keeps. She's just having a casino night and making Reggie very nervous. Yeah, because they're, they're spending more time together. I mean, we know that's who she's going to hook up with in the show. That's Eventually. Fine. It's great. I love it, because they've been doing a great job with Reggie. Well, and Reggie and Veronica are a thing. It's way more fun to see those two together than her and Archie. We don't know what happened to Josie. No. I don't think Josie's in the hospital, because I don't believe for a second that McCoy... No, McCoy wouldn't send her there, because she knows that they have violated a bunch of human rights stuff. Mm-hmm. We know, so she would never send Josie there. She's not sending Josie to the sisters unless... Unless... She's just as in deep as Alice is. Alice is stupid. Alice is in a cult. That's very true. And the sisters are a part Sierra of Sierra is not. And what the fuck does F.P. Jones know? F.P., I swear to God, I need to know your secret. We're not going to find that out until the last episode when Gladys shows up. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a part of that whole shit. So excited. Yay! Until next time. Hashtag go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.